This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If they expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing... I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Billy Mully today, joined by Jamie Castle and Kieran Robertson. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. First time in a while. Had a uh, nice little stint overseas, USA, Canada. Met up with the Canadian lot in Toronto, which is good fun. Obviously, ended in pretty horrific circumstances. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's good to be back. Tom Lockyer is home and as far as we know well, which is the positive. Um, and now on the back of back-to-back wins in the Premier League. Um, so from what was very, very awful circumstances, what was only, what, a week or so ago to 10 days later, six points better in the Prem, he's, he, he's home and well. You can't ask for much more. And Kieran, as Jamie's just alluded to there, two weeks since the last podcast that we've done, a lot, and I mean a lot, has, has happened since then. Obviously, everything with Tom Lockyer and, and that situation and the way everything is at the moment is paramount and the fact that he's okay um, is all we would have wanted. Um, but on top of that, six very valuable points in our fight for, for survival We'll speak about uh, both games, but but mostly the Sheffield United game when we do our reviews. Um, but we'll also today talk about the Chelsea game, which is an opportunity to post nine points in a week. Something we used to speak about a lot, Jamie, on um, championship match weeks. But can we do it in the Premier League? Kieran, how are you? I'm not bad, mate. I mean, it's probably been longer than two weeks since I made an appearance on the pod. I saw my dad for a little bit of a Christmas get-together this morning. He said, it's been a while since you've been on. I was like, yeah, I know, I've been busy here and there. But you know what? As they say, the boys are back in town. The OG3 for this season are back in the building. So, bumper podcast. Bosh. Let's hit it off with a bang, shall we? And in typical Jamie fashion, he's he's back after... um a very productive week on the uh, town front. He's only he's only there when town pick up points. <laughs> he's got yeah, a good time in the lad. Just for those that were thinking, I I, I wasn't giving up because we, we were weren't gaining points. I but believe me, I was I was overseas on holiday. So um, he's yeah, even got the proof think... on his chest that USA yeah. USA yeah. USA. <laughs> It, it, it feels a bit wrong wearing a USA jumper for someone that goes as much as England quite a lot, but. Um, yeah, it was a yeah. gift from 
from my girlfriend's family. So I've got to pull it on and uh, and show that I actually do wear it. Let's get into the football, lads. And first of all, we started the festive period with a 1-0 victory over Newcastle United. And, and as I sort of briefly mentioned at the start, we won't go through this too much because we say a lot's happened. There's a lot to happen over the next few days. But 1-0 against Newcastle, it was a game where all three of us, I believe, had very good feelings about it. And that would have probably been reflected by by a... Uh, score prediction that we would have done um, in, a, in a podcast prior. But we w- ran out ve- fairly comfortable 1-0 winners. It was a very good day for town. It could have quite easily been more. But overall, a, a very good building block to what is this, you know, safety mission, Jamie? Yeah, absolutely. And as you alluded to, I, th- I think people that follow or have followed Luton for a long time, would have had a good feeling about that game. Um, I think our performances were improving week on week. I mean, December before then wasn't a very productive month from a points perspective, but from a, from performances, you think best month so far. Um, and it was only a, a case of when we were going to get points rather than if. Um, and then obviously the lock year instant happened, which was devastating, but some somehow in this club just always from really difficult situations manages just to pull something out just manages manages to pull something out um and as Edward's alluded to in his pre-match didn't want to use that as a as a reason to 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 try and get the three points we, we want we want to do it anyway but we, we we use difficult situations in a good way the atmosphere was absolutely rocking for tom um, and it, it was a fitting performance for for the, a man that gives it gives us all for the, for the club. And probably if if you look at that squad right now, he is Mister Luton in terms of the, just just the way his 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 character on and off the pitch is. Um, so a performance that was was as we have been in recent weeks. It was no better than what we were in recent weeks. We, we we've been as good as that against Arsenal and City. Um, so yeah, delighted that all the, all the work that's been put in on on the training pitch and all the the progress we've we've shown on the pitch has continued, and to get three points, a massive three points, because as we, as we've said, especially after the Arsenal and the City pods, that yeah, absolutely, performances are fantastic, and that's, that's a big positive. But it, we now need to start getting points, um, and as we've shown in the last two, we have, um, and it, it's only positive looking ahead to, to sort of the game on Saturday and then the, the two games in January. Um, it's a, it, it, it always was an exciting season and no matter what, it was going to be exciting, but it, it's, it's proven to now be an even more exciting second half of the season coming up. Uh, and, and I can't wait. It's, it, it's that point, point, point in the year where you just can't wait for, the, for, for that next game now. Um, so being on Saturday. And Kieran, you, you've, Look back at the performances against Arsenal and City. Um, obviously, came away with zero points, but but you, we came out with a lot of respect for the way we approached the games and, and generally the performances were, were fantastic. How important was it that we managed to get three points in this game against Newcastle? Um, you know, probably a step down in terms of the Arsenal City level that they're sort of on that 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 next step, but. When you consider we don't have to play Arsenal, City, Liverpool at home, we've got games against you know Manchester United, Chelsea coming up as part of that second level. How important was it that we got three points and sort of sent out a mini statement? Yeah, I think you just sort of you've taken the answer exactly as well. I was going to say, which is a statement victory in a sense of we need to be putting points against these bigger teams. Like it's all fun and games being able to beat the teams around us, like Sheffield United, that sort of thing. People expect us to be competitive against Sheffield United, against a Burnley, against a Palace. Like even beating Crystal Palace, there wasn't very many people that were shocked by that. Maybe Palace fans, but aside from that, everyone was like, "Actually, it's there or thereabouts in terms of quality." If I'm completely honest, but beating a team like Newcastle, and not just beating Newcastle, but nullifying their threat and essentially taking away any threat they would have had, and being no, we're the dominant side in this game. We've taken it to you, not the other way around. That's a statement in itself. And then to continue the momentum and beat Sheffield United, fine. Again, a team of our level, 
again, is another big statement, but it just shows if we're beating a team like Newcastle and we're not just scraping a 1-0 victory, we're taking a 1-0 away and going, no, but we were the ones that deserved the victory. What could we do to a United? What could we do to a Chelsea at home? What could we do to even the likes of a Fulham and a Brentford when they come to the Kenny? Townsend said it perfectly yesterday and we're going to come on to it. He said, at the Kenny, we can beat absolutely anyone. The Arsenal game showed that. The Liverpool game showed that. The City game, they're all thereabouts. But then beating Newcastle and beating Palace, two teams at home who would still be the favourites going into the games, it shows actually no. We've officially got rid of this whole sort of team that's just going to get knocked around every week. We've got rid of that reputation now. And all of a sudden it's like, no, nah, they're the best of the three that's come up because they're the only ones that actually show a sign of staying up. So then people were sort of giving us that extra respect. You saw what Grealish said to us at, about or about Luton after the City game, very much like this is proper football, but this is what it's all about. And they are a dogged team. And if they can give us a fight and give us a scare, imagine what they do to the rest of the league. And I think one thing that sort of on the back of that, Kieran, um, Rob Edwards, it's not his job to turn people's opinions on Luton, but I think it's quite clear to see the narrative is changing. Um, and, and we'll go on to Sheffield United because, again, the narrative is changing with that. You sort of look into how the game panned out, especially the first half where we were allowed to have the ball. Sheffield United were, were deep in a in a quite a low block. Um, that in itself, being a Premier League club and, and having respect away from home, it was quite weird to see, but also... Um, you could see why, because the, the quality that we did display in that first half sort of warranted that. Jamie, just looking at the starting lineup, there was a few, uh, I guess, um, there was a couple of absences to speak about, but there were also, again, forward line um, decisions to be made by, by Edwards. The, the fact of Bene hasn't been starting games recently. What did you make of that, that starting, starting 11 and... You know, were there any players in it or out of it that, that sort of, uh, you know, um, sort of gave you a second guess? Yeah, I think that, that this time of year is a, is a tough period to manage, right? Because you've got that dilemma between keeping everyone fresh and fit and also not ruining sort of any any form and um, just, just sort of, just, 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 I guess experience that a team has together, right? I think in the back three, could you put in Mads Anderson given given Tom's situation? And I thought Mads would have would have gone in given that really Anderson can only really play in that middle of the three. Um but Mangiosha and Bell have all done well both together and, and separately. So 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 why change it? Um likewise Chio for sure, yeah. I think he's bar Barkley in recent weeks probably would have had the the, the signing of the summer tag, but I think Barkley's got that now. Um, but still, fantastic player. Came on against Newcastle and won a throw in and went absolutely mental and shows the passion that he has for both the club and just playing at this level. Um, but he's, he's, he's had a bit of an injury and whether he's shake, shaken it off completely or not, we don't know. Um, but Townsend and Brown have, have, have proven their, their worth and rightfully keep their shirts. Same for Eli. Um, so, yeah, you could you could have a debate, but I think a debate at this at this perspective is good because it shows how deep the squad is. Okay, not deep, but it's it, it we have options. Um, not sure who it was. It might have been someone like a Danny Murphy or or whoever it was that said. The one thing that we have that most relegation fighting teams don't have is that we can change our front three and it be of similar or sometimes better quality. So. You, you take off the front three of Townsend, Eli Brown, to put on Chio, Colton and, and Chong. And the, that front three is there or thereabouts. Okay, you, you, you could really get into the detail and argue one way or the other. But the fact that you've got six forwards there that that you trust and, and wouldn't really be shocked if, if any of those six start um, is, is very positive. Um, especially going into a January period where it's really hard to recruit. If if we were going into that period thinking now we, we, we really need a number nine or, 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 or we need a forward player to help get our goals, then you're talking either big money or or not, not the quality that, that you want. Um, 
So in terms of that four position going into a, a tough window, it, it's a very, very positive place to be. Um, so yeah, again, it's just something that, that that's really exciting to, to look forward to and, and, and see Chong come in maybe a few times, Chiu come in and just, just show us what they can do as well. And Kieran, let's talk about that first half yesterday against Sheffield United. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that we looked very much a Premier League side playing against a championship side for, for large parts of that. Um, Alfie Doughty getting the goal um, looked very simple when you, when you break it down. But again, Alfie Doughty is a player with, with huge amount of talent and a player we speak very, very highly of. But a player that can bring such a solid service on both sides of the pitch, uh, whether it be defensive attacking, we, we really do. And we've said it so many times, but we do have such a gem in Alfie Doughty. Of course we do. And I think <clears throat> Alfie Doughty is this prime example of where, like, I'm going to allude to some of the uni stuff I've been doing recently in terms of, like, talent development, right? Is He is the prime example of how development is just not linear as a player. Like, he was at Stoke and Cardiff before us. Two spells where he was crap. Injury-prone never really got the game time that he deserved and therefore did not develop as expected. He then comes to us and the amount of shite that we got for signing him, oh, you won't get this out of him. It'll be this. He'll be that. He's always injured. He's always this. But then it's proof if you put the right player in the right environment, they're going to flourish. And there's a reason why we churn out quality talent year after year after year or in then the case of Ross Barkley, you bring a player into an environment who needs that extra kick up the arse because then it, it lets their ch- talent shine through. Alfie Doughty is that prime example. And because we were the ones that went, no, we trust you. We know you're good. We know your ability. Go and prove it to us. And we give him the environment and give him the platform to flourish. There's a reason he's our most valuable asset right now, minus probably Ross Barkley if we were to go down. I'm genuinely scared of losing him because he is just so effective where it's left or right side. That boy is unpredictable to any opposition player, but to us, we know exactly what we're going to get. Like even on the right side, yes, he's left footed. Yes. He'll have to play an inverted fullback role. He, he made Gus Harmer look like a bloody fidget spinner yesterday. Like of all players. And then just to tuck it away. And everyone was like, Oh, I don't know if he meant that. No, he meant that. He knew exactly what he's doing. And the fact that Wes Fodderingham, there's actually no fault in Fodderingham's positioning whatsoever. And he still beat him and still got the goal. Like, Rob, I think Rob said in his post-match, he was sort of like, ah, oh, I was ready to have a go at him. Be like, stop being so selfish. Stop. And then the ball went in and he was like, oh, okay, fine. You got away with that one. But like, what does his ceiling look like? Because we talk and talk and talk. Oh, yeah, he should be on the plane for the Euros. Oh, he should be in the England team. But give me one logical reason as to why he shouldn't be. What? Because he's a Luton player. You really think Ben Shearwell's better than him? No. You think Luke Shaw's better than him? No. Levi Colwell, not even a left back. The fact that I can't give you any other names. Southgate, you're meant to be the one, yeah? Alfie Doughty. Future England left back. Whether that's as a Luton sound player or God forbid, a top six left back. I think that's probably where his, if you were to ask me, where do you think Alfie Doughty's ceiling is? I do genuinely believe top eight Premier League team. And it's versatility as well, Kieran. It's the fact that you know you're going to get a seven or eight out of 10 at uh, at the very least on both flanks. You don't get that very often with with, um, fullbacks at all. And... He as as he is proven, defensively and offensively, he is some player that that you know has taken to Premier League football like a duck to water. And and as you say, it does make maybe not January, but it does make um, sort of near nearby transfer windows a little bit worrying. Um, but I'm sure that Luton will have themselves protected as they as they always do. Um, Jamie, let's go on to the second half and we weren't able to, and I think it's fair to say, we weren't able to translate that that first half into the second half and we were for, I'd say, large parts of that second half on the back foot and, and you know, those 
loose balls that we were winning in the first half weren't quite uh, coming coming to us. We weren't at the same pace, I think it's fair to say. Um, and that resulted in two quick-fire Sheffield United goals. Scrappy in isolation, both goals. Um, and, you know, preventable, as we say about most goals that we do concede. But ultimately, finding ourselves 2-1 down, we, we, we uh, it's weird to say that we deserve to be 2-1 down because I don't think Sheffield United displayed the quality. But when you consider our own performance, it was sort of no surprise that we forfeited the lead. Yeah. Um, as a as a watcher on Prime Sport at home, that was a, a horrible, s- certainly third quarter to, 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 to watch on TV. Um, and it, it was even more frustrating after a first half where we, I think, I thought we were frightening. I thought we were amazing. Um, certainly the first 30 minutes, but over the course of the 45, certainly the better side. Um, a side that we're definitely showing Premier League quality on the ball and and, and, and the way we've, we've transitioned into a side that, okay, we can go direct, but on the ball, we're, we're brilliant as well. Um, so so to, to change so much in that second half, and it wasn't us changing, it was kudos to Wilder and Sheffield United for changing themselves. Um, but then through that, you say kudos to us because that's the second game running now where we forced a, a team into, a, into an early change. Newcastle made was a, a double sub in the first half and then for Sheffield United into a change at half time. Um so almost our own downfall for being so good in the first half to force the team to change then let them to come good. Um in terms of the goals, yeah, first you just need you just need to be alert, right? I think McAtee goes through. I thought we, we won the ball cleanly and then somehow the players just almost just ball watch and then some McAtee manages to get up and find up McBurney through who Finishes it well, tough on Kaminsky, makes himself big and it just hits the sort of right side of the pelvis and into the goal. Um, so a tough one to take, but certainly deserved in terms of the game's momentum and, and the way it was going. Um, and then whether we deserve to be 2-1 down or not, I, I don't know. I think because of how good we were first half, I thought the draw was probably the fair result at the time. Um, second goal, so scrappy. I, to watch it back really tough um Sam being I don't, don't know who it was with Osho on the line um did really well to manage to just sort of keep it out um but then you have to be there for the second ball watching it back and match today you've got Doughty on the ground albeit I thought he was fouled but it's a bit it's a bit it's a, it's a, it's a soft one but he's on the ground needs to get up or just needs to get up on his feet and and and, and find the space to block Gilo's on in the six yard box, just watching the the game unfold, and then suddenly the ball falls clear to Ahmed Hozic, who sticks it in unchallenged in, into the net from six yards out, and you've got to be better at that at that sort of mini second phase um, from there. So two very sloppy goals, very scrappy goals to give away. Certainly not good enough from a defensive side of things, and I'm sure Robin and the team will be. So saying that to them in in the debrief, you, you can't give those two goals away. Um, okay, the Blades can have can have all the ball and have all the, all the momentum, but the goals we conceded were so avoidable. And of course, that they'll say the same about our our last two goals. Um, but yeah, again, I think the character we we showed to get into it. All this Wilder is saying that they gave it away. Well, yeah, they did, but the character from us as well. Um, but I'll let I'll let Kieran and, and yourself talk through. The, the, the two crazy own goals. Um, but it was, uh, uh, to start with, it was, if you can't win, don't lose. So to get that equalised was massive. But then to manage to get three points out of nowhere, um, yeah, absolutely ginormous in the grand scheme of these the, these 38 games in the Premier League. Kira, moving on to how we eventually won the game. Um, the 67th minute, we were 2-1 down. We go on to have zero shots on target. And we leave the game three two winners and with all three points. Make it make sense. I'm gonna quote exactly what I said on Twitter yesterday because I think it's just it sums this up perfectly, right? So bear in mind I'm reading this off my phone. Life has its way of swinging life back to us or luck back to us. We've had games where we should have won Liverpool, and we've had games where we've deserved points Arsenal. Today, I'll be honest. Based on performance, did we deserve all three? No. 
Did we deserve one? Yes. However, as simply put, it is what it is. It is what it is. Because life has a funny way of swinging it around. The amount of times that we've been shafted when we've played well and not got the points we deserved or luck just hasn't gone our way equally. The turning point for me, actually, I'm actually going to put the blame at Sheffield United for the third goal. Now that I've sort of had a day to reflect and I've seen the highlights back. The turning point for me was it was 2-2 and it was just after Jack Robinson scored his own goal. Climbing on Osho, trying to claim a foul, all this rubbish. And just before that, he got booked for a disgusting tackle. I think he like it was that wrestling move and he got yellow carded for that. As a relegation fight inside, you're 2-1 up at home. You need to be setting an example and you should absolutely not be losing your head like that. Like if you are losing your head in vital moments like that, you do not deserve anything from a game. Like I'm not just saying that because we won the game. But if you're turning around and grabbing our attacking player and just lobbing him to the floor, as the um, commentator quoted, like a WWE wrestler, the Royal Rumble's next January, by the way, just, just in case he wants a last-minute entry, you don't deserve F all from it. He got carded, lost his head. All of his teammates, you can see the cameras on him, and all of his teammates are looking at him like, what are you doing? Like, keep your head. And then he goes and concedes an own goal, literally straight away. And you're like, oh, dear. Like, if you were... Too, if you weren't too busy trying to basically molest our player or Osho in this case and drag him down to the floor and then claim that you got fouled in the situation, you wouldn't have scored an own goal in the first place. As for the third one, I just laughed. Like, I had nothing to say. Like, obviously, Morris is instrumental in both. Like, fair, both the cross for the first own goal, quality ball in, put it into the danger zone. That's all we can ask for. And I know the commentators are sort of like, oh, I was wanting him to push it back one more pass and recycle it. No, relax yourself. He knew what he was doing. As for the second own goal, just funny. Like, it's just one of those freak moments. Like, it's happened to us. It'll happen to someone else at some point in the season. But I did just laugh. Like, that's that's all I could do. I just laugh. Like, like I said, life has a funny way of working things out. And in our case... It worked out. And the shots on target thing was even funnier. We didn't deserve all three points based on performance. We've played a lot better equally. We've played a hell of a lot worse. I'm not... There's a couple of defensive kinks I want to sort of be improved. But equally, that's just the nature of what we are. Was it the occasion of the game and the fact it's a six-pointer? Whereas, like, you'd see that less against the Chelsea or Arsenal because there's less expectation on you. Like... It's one of those things, like, I think a lot of people don't put context on actions. Oh, we're rushing our defending and we're this and we're that. Yeah, but you're not in the game. Like, game state, think about the position they're in. Like, 2-1 down, they don't want to concede again. There is going to be rash decisions and you are going to be a bit more rushed and you're just, oh, yeah, get it out. And you are more prone to a mistake. It's just one of those things. Whereas, like, when we were one nil up and we were cruising, you weren't seeing those mistakes made. So then it's like, okay, apply that context to the state of the game at that time. Job's done. Whereas at 3-2, I think everyone was too busy having a laugh and being like, how the hell have we got this? Let's just hold on to what the hell we have. And everyone all of a sudden was a bit more composed. So, yeah, I wouldn't... I'm trying not to stress too much. Obviously, when you're watching a game at a time and I was reactionary in a few tweets and stuff like that, that's quite normal because you just... It's in the heat of the moment, like the same for a player, like they make decisions in the heat of the moment. Um, but in hindsight, which is why we don't film these podcasts on the night of games, just as an FYI, um, in hindsight, happy days. And if you play that game another nine times, we probably don't win it another nine times. But ultimately, I had so many people message me yesterday saying, you were lucky, you were this. How, do, how on earth didn't you win? And I just went, do you know what? I really don't give a fuck because we've got three points. Like, that's all that matters to me. Like, if we were to lose a game and I say to someone, ah, oh, like to an Arsenal fan the other week, oh yeah, but you got lucky. They would turn around to me and say, I don't care because we've got three points. Exact same thing. I don't care. Three points. Happy day.
And we we mentioned the impact of the subs. Chio came on and, and done exactly what we expect of him. And, and Morris, it was great to see how much of an influence he was, considering how things have sort of panned out in recent weeks where, you know, he was our main man going into the season. Um, he's he, Even when we went into the, the 5-2-3 formation, he was still our main man. Struggled to, to be as influential as we know. Um, and then even from the bench, I think he'd struggle to, to um, really put in those kind of performances we come to expect. But I think yesterday was, again, living proof of what he can do, um, why he was so instrumental to our, our playoff winning season. And, and yeah, two very meaningful um, sort of contributions that could be massive in the grand scheme of things. Um, the other thing I want to point out was the, the XG um, fact yesterday because I saw a lot of people who didn't watch the game who were fans of other clubs that purely saw the XG of I think it was 2.99 Sheffield United to our 0.62 something like that and that was living proof that XG doesn't it's not a real measurement of how a game is played out um, a lot of people made the conclusion from that that it was a smash and grab Luton victory which you know, us watching it, Sheffield United fans will be quick to to remind others that that's not how the game panned out. And Jamie, I know um, you were quite vocal on this as well, but, you know, XG can only explain things to a certain extent. It doesn't ever tell you the full picture. Exactly that. Um, I'm definitely pro XG and I think it, it, it's a good measure of, of how a game has played out, but it's far from perfect. And there's some nuances to stats that show that you can't rely on it. So like, for example, the entire phase of that second goal, there was four XG recording chances in their second goal. Now, the the, the sum of those four chances was 1.41, but you can't score 1.41 goals. So, you almost need to void the other three chances. Well, the, the chances other than the, the goal scoring XG chance, if you void the other three chances, then the XG goes from 2.9 to 0.7 to 1.5 to 0.7. And then that is a much more equal picture of, 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 of how the game was. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, they won the XG based on chances, but it wasn't as as vast as as, as the stats suggest, um, and for for me, I yeah, there's, there's again, there's, there's the eye test and then the stats test, and I think the, the the eye test that first half we got into much better positions than they did. Um, I think Sheffield United converted their positions into more chances, um, but some a lot of them were were more pot shots were lucky breaks rather than actually working really hard to, to to find the space and just want to take the moment to tip my hat to Ross Barkley's Cruyff nutmeg in the box um naughty um don't know what xg that recorded but for the Cruyff nutmeg alone that that, that should just be a one um stunning that was one of the moments of yesterday's game where I just looked at my dad and we were both just speechless <laughs> But at the same time, you've you've come to expect these moments from Ross Barkley. Um, he, he has been sensational. We say it every week. But again, another top, top performance. Him and, and Lukonga in the middle starting to look like a, a incredible, incredible partnership and, and something that allows us to be more dominant on the ball, which is um, something that, that Rob Edwards has been keen on. We'll go into a short break. When we come back, we will go through the Chelsea preview. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for the second part of today's episode. We're going to look in a little bit more focus of this Chelsea game. It's coming up on Saturday the 30th. As mentioned at the top of the show, it is a fantastic opportunity to do what we've done so well last season in the Championship. And, and I think even the, the season prior, nine-point week um, started with Newcastle. The middle part was Sheffield United and we could we could secure it with a victory against Chelsea. Um, and when you consider, Jamie, how well we've performed against the divisions, I won't say best because I'm not bringing Chelsea into that category because of what we've seen this season, but the, the division's biggest teams, how we've performed against, you know, the traditional top six, you know, it, it brings you so much confidence that, you know, we can upset the odds in this one because, again, we have to call it upsetting the odds when you look at the the, the bookmakers and how they've they've viewed this one. Um, but we can go in with so much confidence, as we should. As as we've worked hard to to to, to get, um, yeah, as you say, against the best teams in the league, Liverpool, Arsenal, City, we've we've performed really well. Obviously, not come up out on the right end of results in in two of those three. Um, well, or three or less three, given the late late uh, equaliser. But still, a point from the three you, you take. Um, but performance wise, you, you you take everything from that and say, yeah, what what? Why can't we get all three? And almost in a bit of a weird way now, you're you're probably thinking you'd be disappointed to lose on Saturday. You think point minimum on Saturday, and you can roll back one, two, three months. You think that's crazy. Um, to think of how much we've developed and progressed since that Stamford Bridge game, um, beating comfortably on the face of it. Okay, yeah, three 0 for, for first half, and then early second we were close to getting back into the game, um, but still beating comfortably three nil. Um, but since then we've only gone in one direction, um, and yeah, I I, I would be very disappointed if we lose on Saturday um, and that would make it a nine point week if we win um, which nine point weeks were incredibly tough to come by in the championship we're almost that 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 thing that was almost so out of reach um, but now to be on the cusp of of doing it and have a good chance of doing it against Chelsea in the Premier League um, almost a bit pinch yourself but just Kudos to Robin and the staff for doing what they've done. Um, and yeah, again, I, I don't want to completely turn the narrative. I, I'm very confident in staying up, but at this point as well, if we were to go down, is there a better group of, of, of staff to lead us into the championship? No, uh, you've, you've definitely seen enough this season uh, in terms of performances and development of players to think, yeah, if we go down. I, I, I think if there's even some teams in the championship now or some fans that are saying you know what if they go down that they're, they're going to win the league next year um so to have gone from derby's record league whipping boys to actually may stay up and if they do go down probably going to be fine for top two in the championship next year in the space of two months that's um yeah that that that, that can't be under can't be underestimated how hard that is and it's fair to say the narrative is well and truly turned when it comes to Luton town Kieran, when it comes to the approach to this game, I think we've categorised these Arsenal, City and Liverpool games into to sort of one mould where we chose our moments to be brave and press, but largely it was about our defensive shape and frustrating. Do you think this is a similar kind of game or do you think this could be a game where, you know, it's, it's more about us on the ball, it's more ball orientated given, you know, the the... the Blossom in partnership between Barkley and Lukonga and, and how we've dominated the ball more since they've played together. Um, do you expect us to see more of the ball than, than what we did in, say, those, those City, um, Arsenal, Liverpool games? I think it's one of those where, like, if you look at Chelsea as a collective right now, 
void of confidence, uncertainty in their manager, uncertainty in the starting eleven, injuries to some key players. There's just no continuity there. And the second that you apply pressure to a collective that doesn't have any continuity, they just crumble. All we've got to do is just do what we've done best. If you approach the game, don't get me wrong, that Chelsea side, regardless of continuity, still have quality. They have quality in Sterling, Gallagher, Silva, Colwell. I could list off 10 other names. But the fact of the matter is, as it stands in current form, they're garbage. They're sat in 11th. They're in disarray. They don't trust their manager. And the results currently show that. So we have to carry on applying the pressure that the same teams have been doing and turning them over. Do our game. We One of the things that pointed out to me before the Chef game, they were sort of looking at our two midfielders and went, oh, but you know, Chef United will play with a midfield three, Luton with a two, they're going to get outplayed. This, that. No, no chance. And it'll be the exact same against Chelsea. Barkley and Lukonga as a two are so dynamic. They did it against Newcastle. They beat a three-man press every single time with two players. I don't call that getting over around the midfield. And Newcastle's midfield ain't outrunning us. Chelsea's aren't. Let's not beat around the bush here. They haven't got the same level of quality because if they did, they'd be the ones sat in the top half. But currently, they're not. They're sat in the bottom half. And half the time, don't even know what they're doing. And they're changing their starting 11 every week. Simple thing is, apply pressure. Don't treat them like fodder. But also, don't give them too much respect. Because at the moment, they're a team that can be got at. I'm approaching this in the same way that I approached the Newcastle game, just by saying there is no better time to play Chelsea. Just like I said, there's no better time to play Newcastle. And that wasn't me sitting there putting disrespect on Newcastle's name whatsoever, because Newcastle are a quality side when they have everyone fit. Crux of it, though, at that game, they did not have everyone fit. They're missing Joe Linton, they're missing Joe Willock, two big midfielders who were their driving force in their attack. And the reason, you could argue, they were reaching the heights they were. So without that quality, they were able to be got at because they didn't have the same level of attacking force. They they had nothing to offer. Same thing here. Team in disarray, their defence are shocking, minus Colwell, if I'm completely honest. They love playing left-back at right-back, centre-halves at left-back, and whatever Potch is actually trying to do, they've got such a young midfield, they can be got at. They've got Thiago Silva at the back, who if Eli was on him... For 60 minutes, he'd probably cry and want to be subbed off, just like the cells did. Like, honestly, I think we, on paper, we stand a better chance against them than we did against Newcastle. And the fact that we got a result against Newcastle, I would like to suggest that then also applying the momentum that we've built over beating Newcastle and beating Sheffield United, we bring in that same momentum, that same level, that same intensity, that same quality, I have no doubt in my mind that we will walk away with three points. As Townsend said, and as I said at the beginning of the pod, at the Kenny, we could beat anyone. When a team feel the pressure of the Kenny, think back to Sunderland in the playoffs, when a team know they're under the pressure and they're under the cosh, they do not like it and they crumble. Chelsea will do the exact same. Get an early goal, it's ours to win. And Jamie, just looking at Chelsea in a bit more detail, 22 points from 18 games, 11th um, Pochettino situation never seems too secure. I don't know if that's just typical outside noise when, when managing a club built on expectation. But they're still very, very far from, from where they want to be, where the money they've spent suggested they, they should be uh, performing at. And that's, again, some some you know, fuel to the motivation that, that, you know, these boys are there for the taking and, you know, just apply, as, as Kieran says, the fact it's at Kenworth Road, momentum coming into this game, that there's every bit of reason to, to you know, be fueled with spirit that we can go and do something here. Without a doubt, and I'm, I'm just looking at their lineup for tonight and just, yeah, because the, the, the club with almost no strategy, no, no no guiding light. They just do a reverse money ball in the summer, buying 15 wingers for, for God knows how much money and probably going to sell them for half that in a few years' time. Um, 
yeah, they've got players that all have quality independently, but it's how you piece that jigsaw that that that, that jigsaw together. Um, missing big players for them, missing Reese James, Ben Chilwell, missing of tonight Sterling and Palmer, but both were back for for our game on Saturday. Not sure what's up with Enzo Fernandez, if he if he's injured or suspended or or not fit. Um, tonight, Thiago Silva's been benched. They're playing a, a defensive two of, well, a back two of Badia Chile and, and Asasi, Carwell left back, Gusto right back. Nothing about that really scares me. Um, midfield two of Carcedo and Gallagher, and independently, both good players. Can they work together? Who knows? I think the biggest unknown entity for them right now is Nkunku, um, a player that had a lot of promise at the start of the season and got injured, unfortunately for them. Um, and he's probably the one player right now that I think could could do some something magical and, and and get Chelsea a point or three. Um other than that, very beatable and yeah, no, they they there's a there's a, an issue with buying loads of players that aren't gelling, that are all fairly young, haven't really impacted at this level before. It's it's just too too risky and yeah you might get one or two that come in that that do do excellently and uh, and are worth the money you paid for them. But out of all the signings they made across Mudrick and Desassi and Badiashine and Jackson, yeah, they might have a good season before. They might have good talent, but they're not. It's not guaranteed to pay off in the Premier League. It's the best league in the world, um, and I think that's where they've come unstuck. Is then suddenly those four players I've named, all four have been okay to to bang average to. To bad and suddenly four out of 11 of the team aren't doing well and they struggle um and we we can't afford for us to have one player playing a five out of ten across the 11 chelsea may be a, may be able to afford one or two bad performances in, in, in a team of 11 but they certainly can't afford five or six because you get found out at this level even against the likes of your walls and your brentfords and your palaces um no, no matter Chelsea may think that they can just throw a billion pound at assembling this future best eleven that they think is going to be the best in the world in ten years' time, but in the here and now, that's not guaranteed to beat your Wolves and it's not guaranteed to beat your Lutons. And there's one, there's sorry, there's many things that we have that Chelsea don't. But the one thing is just the hard work and bravery and just fight on and off the ball to. To, to fight for the three points and I I don't think Chelsea have that at all um, and uh, as we've said before that's the one thing that's going to make us stay up this year and it's certainly the one thing that's going to make us get three points on Saturday so we just have to do what Luton do and if we play like we did the first half against Newcastle we, we were electric first famous against Sheffield United same if, if we can do that in the first half then I'll, I'll be. I mean, I I think we could really get some goals and, and one or two at half time, and then from there, you, you back us to see it out, especially the Kenny. Um, so it's the sort of team that I I think we can get a lot of joy against, despite the ind- the the individual quality that 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 some of their players may have. There's one thing I'm predicting. It is goals come Saturday. Chelsea last kept a clean sheet the second of October. We've only got the one to our name so far. Um, a lot of attacking talent, as we mentioned, within the Chelsea ranks, um, individual talent that is. And, and, you know, Luton, as an attacking unit, have performed very, very well for, for a number of weeks. And as we as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, it's not just the starting three. It's the quality we do have in depth that that is to keep an eye on. Um in the spirit of predictions, I'm going to get some score predictions from you two. And starting with Kieran, what do you think the score will be come Saturday? Well, well, well. So, they always say to a betting man to never back the early kickoff. And there's been a lot of betting men in this country who are going to put Chelsea in an accumulator. And then come 3 p.m., they're going to be incredibly disappointed. So you can kind of see where my poem is about to end. Like you said, there's going to be goals. If you want a good bet, both teams to score, or Luton, draw no bet. Because Chelsea won, Luton Town, two. 
and we're going to go 1 0 down to win 2 1. I like it. Jamie, are you also following suit? Yeah, um, very bullish about this one. Um, as you say, I think that think there'll be goals. Um, they've they've definitely got the quality to cause us some issues, and and I think um, despite how good we have been in in stages, we, we we somehow can't keep it up for a full ninety minutes of the minute defensively. Um, so yeah, they're going to score one, but I think we're going to get our first win by more on the goal, and I think we're really starting to find our shooting boots. The quality on the ball, um, being able to dominate some teams in in, in various stages. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go three one Luton. That's annoying because I thought my score prediction, my my out there score prediction, was going to be unsaid. But um, yeah, I'm also at three one. I think it's a perfect example, uh, a perfect opportunity. Sorry to be playing Chelsea at this point, as Kieran rightly said, is a very good opportunity to, to inflict further pressure on their, their whole situation at the club at the moment. And we bring a lot of confidence into, into this one. And, you know, you, you factor in the 90 minute performance against Newcastle, the first half against Sheffield United and, and the spirit shown at the end against Sheffield United. I think we've got a lot of reason to, to be optimistic and be proud of our club. And, you know, even this season, Chelsea have dropped cool points against the clubs that they, you know, that the financial situation suggests they should be, they should be um, picking up all three points. So I think this is another, another opportunity to do exactly that and, and take advantage of being the so-called underdog. So I'm going Luton free, Chelsea one. And that is it for today. A big thank you to everybody that has watched, listened um, and got involved in commenting on the podcast and sharing. Um, we will be back next week. It's the festive period, so it's quite difficult to know what day today is. Uh, but sometime after the Chelsea game, we'll be back with hopefully the podcast where we'll be reflecting on a nine-point week. Until then, it is goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.